Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Reclaimed American Podcast. And this is the first episode for the new year. So, Happy New Year's, everybody. Welcome to 2020. Um, we've got some exciting times coming up. And basically, it's, it's exciting times, but at the same time, it's kind of sad times. Because it means that we're coming to the end of a particular segment of the show. And that is the Baby T Chronicles. We are in week 38 right now. Today is January 2nd, and we had our 38-week appointment today. And what we did during this appointment is, of course, my wife, she goes in, you know, she gets checked up, and at the end of the appointment, the doc basically is like, all right, well, we've got Monday open, uh, because being that my wife is 40, they don't like to let 40-year-olds, because that's a certain um, high-risk category for pregnancies, they don't like to let 40s hit 40. So they like the baby to come out at 39 weeks. Of course, you want the baby to come out naturally and on, on its own, but in the event that um, we're just not progressing like the doc thinks that maybe we should or could, then we go in and we get induced. Now, I say we, my wife, but I will be there every step of the way with her. So, there's that. And, um, yeah, so this is the end of the Baby T Chronicles. Now, going forward, I'll probably come up with something else. I'll, I'll find some way of informing y'all what's going on in our baby life, if you will. Because this is all new shit for me. I've never been here before. I've done a lot of things in my life. I've never brought a child into this world. So I'm excited. I'm scared. I'm nervous as fuck. But I'm, ho I'm hopeful. I'm excited for what's to come. And like I said, it's exciting times. I don't know what else to say about it, you know. And, uh, but like I said, this is the end of a particular chapter of this show. So I thought what I would do for this episode is kind of go back and recap some of some of the, the previous um, things that we, my wife, has gone through during this pregnancy so far. So if you remember way back at the beginning when I first started doing this and I first started updating y'all on the baby T, we initially, when, when we first found out that we were pregnant, I keep saying we understand. I mean my wife, although my belly feels like I'm fucking pregnant too. I'm I'm probably about eight months right now, if not uh, a hair more. But anyways, um, so when we first found out, we honestly thought my wife had cancer. We thought she was dying of something, breast cancer, ovarian cancer, um, internal cysts of some sort, because. Let's face it, we've been married 17 years, and we've not had a kid yet. Now, true, in the beginning, we, we didn't try for children. But at least like the last seven years, we have been trying, and it just has not worked. And, um, you know, we pretty much had given up on it. So at the end of last year, my wife, last year, at the end of 2018, my wife started, she changed up her diet, 
and she started losing some weight. And, uh, you know, it was exciting. I, she dropped like 20-something pounds. And then once you know it, about February, April, somewhere in there, the weight loss stopped. And around that time, we started spending a lot of time down on our boat. And she was feeling kind of nauseous. And she swore up and down it was because I had given her some pork. And she thought, oh, the pork. Oh, that, that pork was bad. It was bad. It's trying to kill me. And so we thought for sure she had food poisoning and couldn't figure out why she couldn't shake the queasiness. You know, because normally you get food poisoning and it passes over after a few days. But it didn't. It stuck with her. And we're like, damn, what the hell? So then she started getting, her breasts started getting really sore, tender. Um, and then downstairs, like her, as she put it, her ovaries felt like they were, they were like being squished or squeezed or something was just going on. It didn't feel right. She didn't know what the fuck. And, um, well, her mom had ovarian cancer or, um, ovarian cysts or something but anyway she had a, a hysterectomy done right so my wife was worried that that was the same thing going on with her same time she thought because her breasts are so sore maybe that was breast cancer she didn't know we didn't know so we actually ended up going to the er god like five times and finally at, at one of the visits one of the techs that were doing an ultrasound of uh of her ovary area, they saw the the little embryo. You know, we're at six weeks at that point, and we didn't know. And they hit the little button so you could hear what's going on, and you could hear the little heart going. Wick, 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 wick. And so my wife was like, I, I wasn't in there. I was out in the waiting room, by the way. So my wife, you know, she's telling me that she's like, "Is it, am I hearing what the fuck I think I'm hearing?" And the texts were like, "You didn't know you were pregnant." Oh my God, I'm pregnant. So that's how she found out, right? So then they wheel her back out to me in the waiting room. And I look up at her and she just tears, waterworks coming down, right? And I look at her, I'm like, oh my God, did they find something? And she just nods her head, yes. I'm like, is it cancer? And she said, no. Is it, um, I, I don't know. I went through like a couple of different things. And finally I was just like, wait a minute are you, mm -hmm. and she's like, mm -hmm. and that's how I found out, in the waiting room of a fucking uh, hospital ER, right, and uh, so I was excited, I was, I was like, oh my god, what the fuck, <laughs> but I, like I said, I was excited, I just, I was like, I can't say I was like overwhelmed to the point that I was just like, <gasps> you know, but I was, I, I'm not a very emotional person, I don't show things of certain natures very well, and I was just like, oh, my God. You know, and on the inside, I'm like, oh, my God. But on the outside, I'm like, oh, my God. And uh, so, yeah, that's how I found out. That's how we found out that we were pregnant. So then, uh, of course, what do what does any good person do? They take to Facebook to figure out what the fuck. I need to go find a baby doc. So I am a member of the Drinking Bro Houston community. And so I go to Drinking Bro Houston. I'm like... Hey guys, I need a baby doc. We just found out we're pregnant. Who, who do y'all use? And so a couple people, you know, commented, oh, I use this person. Oh, I use that person. 
one guy had commented about the particular dock we're using and said that, yeah, this dock has delivered like my last three or my three children and everything has come out fine and we totally love this dock. So for me, hey, that was a great testimonial. Looked her up online, looked at the reviews, good, good ratings and everything. And once you know it, she's covered under our insurance policy. So I'm like, yes. So we go to that dock. Um, our first appointment with that doc was at the eight-week mark. And so she confirms, yes, everything looks good. You're eight weeks along. Everything's growing just fine, blah, blah, blah. And from that point on, we started doing, um, every four weeks, we went back to the doc for a checkup. And during that time, unfortunately, a lot of hormonal changes are going on for a woman, right? And that was a lot for my wife to deal with. And unfortunately, that meant she got anxiety issues. And so at one of the ER visits, they had prescribed her something that the ER doc said, whenever I go on a flight, I take one of these. It calms me down. It mellows me out because flying makes me nervous as hell. But it's also a... Um, it's a medication that helps with anxiety, okay? I'm not going to say doc name, hospital name, um, medication types. All I'm going to say is we went through a lot in the first two trimesters of my wife trying this drug, trying that drug, trying another drug. Now, when I say try, I'm not saying she's like grabbing handfuls and popping these fuckers. No. She's very sensitive to medication, okay? So... What for most most people, it says on the bottle, you know, take X number of times per day. Well, my wife is cutting the pills in half. Sometimes she was even cutting them in quarters because, she, again, she's very sensitive to medications. A lot of people, for some reason, can't get that through their heads. Like ER docs. But anyway, so she starts trying the medications, you know, and this one might start working for a little bit, but then... Uh, it, it just is, starts messing with her somehow. So then we go on and we try a different one. That one instantly gives her headaches. All right, well, can't use that one then. Go on to another one. Um, I don't know, there's, there's like five different things that we tried. And every one of them had some kind of adverse reaction to her that did not work out very well. The only thing that did kind of help was the, the, the pill that the first ER doc gave her about, you know, hey, this helps me to calm down on flights. But it's not really a pill you want to use on your prego. But fortunately, since she was using such small dosages of it, our baby doc was like, look, as long as you're only using a little bit and you're not using it all the time, this will be fine. Because honestly, you freaking out during a panic attack is worse than just dealing with a panic attack and then freaking the baby out. And then that's how people have miscarriages. So... That is how the anxiety part played out until the third trimester. Once we hit the third trimester, for some reason, the anxieties leveled out. Life was good. So we finally get past the anxiety issues. But, you know, of course, in the first trimester, I, I felt so bad for my wife. She had, she couldn't keep anything down. Um, she was vomiting, puking, uh, the, that whole shebang, right? 
And of course, I tried giving her anti-nausea medication, stuff like that, but it didn't matter. If it didn't want to stay down, it didn't stay down. Uh, we tried all kinds of different prenatals, thinking that, oh, it's iron in this one. Oh, they use a different type of iron in that one. Whatever the case may be, we tried all kinds of shit. We finally, finally found a chewable prenatal that had good dosages of all the good stuff that you need. Maybe not quite as high as some, but you know what? Something's better than nothing. And she was able to keep this stuff down. So we found a good prenatal, and she could work with that. Then she also started taking the DHA. We found a DHA that was in a gel. Oh, and the other thing with a lot of the prenatals, because they're pills, they're fucking horse pills. I mean, they're like huge, like this big. Back in, if you're listening to the podcast, sorry, but they're like, they're freaking huge, okay? You know what a horse pill is. And she has a problem swallowing horse pills. Um, so we tried, you know, breaking them in half, see if she could do, do it that way. No, it didn't matter. That stuff just didn't want to go down. It didn't work out so well for her. So that's how we ended up with the gummies. And yeah, so that worked out great. And then on the DHA, because DHA is a very important thing when a woman is pregnant, or so I hear, um, we found this one brand that's in the soft gel capsule, but it's strawberry scented. And that helps make it a little easier to, to go down. Doesn't mess with the mind quite so much. But, um, but yeah, so we got her a good prenatal. We got her a DHA that worked out well. And beyond that, we honestly, we, we, we've always been pretty good at eating good foods. I mean, as you can tell here, I, I haven't suffered from the lack of eating, but, um, we've, we've, we found where we've been eating good foods. So during the whole process, you know, a lot of, some women, they gain like a shit ton of weight, right? They go gain like 30, 40, 50, 60 some 70 or even more pounds during a pregnancy. My wife during this whole thing, I think, uh, has only gained 25. So basically the weight she lost, she gained back from the baby. Now, once the baby comes out, she's going to lose a lot. Um, plus once the baby comes out, you start losing all the water weight. So you get the baby weight, the placenta weight, the water weight, and, uh, we'll see what happens from there. But, uh, yeah, so that's the vitamins. Um, once she got past the first trimester, for the most part, the queasiness went away. And she could actually start eating regular foods again. And, like I said, uh, so she had the queasiness. She had the anxiety. By the third trimester, most of that had all leveled out. She did have issues with headaches. So, just be, be aware, women out there. Some people have absolutely no symptoms whatsoever. Other women get almost every single fucking one of them. And uh, that's kind of where my wife was at. I, I, she was a trooper. She stuck with it. She, I mean, let's face it. Women, y'all are probably a hell of a lot stronger than men are. We won't admit that very often. So there you go. But um, so she, she stuck with it. She hang, hung in there. And now here we are, 38 weeks. So, officially. Um, all right, so I, I'm, I'm all over the place. My mind is just like, woo, 
But um, so she got through past the anxieties, and now here towards the end, the only issue that we've really had that was a constant struggle for her is her blood sugar. Not that she was high or low or totally bad or off the charts or nothing, but yeah, one of the things they do is they make them take this glucose test to see if they're diabetic from the pregnancy, right? And the first test they take is they they drink this liquid that I believe this was the first test was a um, like a berry or a fruit punch flavored drink, and it's like. I don't know, 25 grams of sugar or or maybe it was 50 grams of sugar. And she took that. It was a bitch for her to keep down because the stuff's so sugary and kind of thick. So that sits like a rock in your stomach, which you can't eat from the night before. Um, and it, it, just, it messed with her. She had a hard time keeping it down. She finally made it through, though. She got the test. I did the blood couple of weeks go by, we find out, hey, guess what? You failed the test. So we need you to take step two of the test. Well, step two is you come in, same deal. You don't eat after like midnight the night before. You come in, you drink the stuff, which is even sugarier. Okay. So if the first one was 25, this one is 50 grams of sugar, which doesn't sound like much, but it's in a bottle like this big. Okay, it's like an eight ounce bottle. And so she had to keep that one down. And the idea is you get your initial blood test to see where you're at now. You drink the drink and you come back every hour for three hours and get another blood blood sample drawn. After she drank, so she drank the drink. 15 minutes later, it was coming back up with a vengeance. So that meant she couldn't take the third the second test right so from that point we had to start monitoring her sugar for like a month with the little you know finger poke and glucose test strips and all that crap but once you know it her sugar levels are like fucking perfect most diabetics would dream to have the sugar levels that she had and on the good times for her good is like Let's say 85 to about 115. She starts feeling like crap if it goes below 80. And it actually only one time was ever above 115. Maybe two times. And when I say above, I mean like 124. Most diabetics, again, are like, Oh my God, I wish my sugar was only at fucking 124. Uh, my wife's dad, he, oh God, hurt his sugar. He, he, he's diabetic. He knows he's diabetic. What does he do? He eats a fuck ton of tortillas. He eats a shit ton of breads. Uh, basically carbs. That's all he eats. You know, you try to give him meat. He's like, oh, I don't like that. Uh, that's horrible. Uh, no protein. Uh. And then he wonders why sugar spikes up to 300 or higher sometimes. Well, uh, I tell you, that guy. Anyways, so, blood sugar, fine. Doc's like, Doc's looking at the numbers that we had written down, and she's like, shit, this is good. You're good to go, and don't worry about it, you know. But my wife, she still monitors it because she's, it's my wife. She does that. And in these last 
four weeks or so. Um, the one struggle that she's had is actually keeping her sugar up. Uh, it seems like sometimes it does like to dip down below 80. And when it does that, she's, oh God, she feels like shit. So that's a struggle. So women, if you're out there, keep an eye on these things. If you start feeling like crap, go get a little fucking um, blood mon- blood sugar monitor and just check yourself. Keep Keep a record. Find out. When you feel good, what's your sugar at? When you feel like crap, what's your sugar at? And go from there. And just kind of use that to keep things going the right way for you. Um, yeah, that's really it. That's 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 about it. Um, like I said, this is the end of the Baby T Chronicles. This is episode 41. And the next episode that I record will hopefully be after... After the baby comes out, after baby T is in this world, and I'm excited. I hope y'all are excited. Um, God, I, I I can't wait. I can't wait. That's all I can say. I can't wait. So I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to end it right here. Thank you guys so very much for listening. Remember to share, like, do all the crap that you know you got to do if you want to keep following this, following my journey into now fatherhood. Um, I'm excited for it, and I'll see y'all next time. Thanks. Peace out. Wow.